What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Baseball Connection. So, for today, there are actually a lot of things to talk about. A lot of, um, you know, different news topics that I want to cover. So, I'll start with the Tigers agreeing to terms with Spencer Torkelson. Spencer Torkelson was the number one overall pick in this year's draft, and they have finally agreed to a deal with their overall, their top overall draft choice. I mean, it obviously didn't take too long, it only took a few weeks, but Torkelson is going to get a $8 million bonus. It's going to be $8,416,300. $8.4163 million. It is the biggest draft bonus ever given to any player. I mean, $8.5 million as a signing bonus is, is a very, very healthy sum. That's what Mr. Spencer Torkelson is receiving from the Detroit Tigers. And... It, it's just a testament to to what they see in this guy. I mean, this guy is a huge bat. I mean, he's a huge power bat, and that's exactly what he projects to continue to do. Um, they announced him as a third baseman on draft night, even though he played first base in college. So they're going to try to give him a chance to man the hot corner for some time where his bat could have even greater value because if you have that power coming out of third base instead of first base, he'll move through the system even even faster especially because you have to consider they still have Miguel Cabrera around for quite some time but the Tigers are adding him to their their player pool their 60 man player pool for this summer and he'll be able to you know work out with the minor league guys at their uh, AAA facility I think that's in Toledo or something like that and he's gonna be on that taxi squad but he's not expected to play in the major leagues at all this year but they wanted to, you know, get acclimated to that wood bat, you know, get acclimated to pro ball, be in that environment, start and start training with pro guys. So in order to do that, they're going to have to add him to the player pool, which is what they've done. So congrats to Spencer Torkelson for securing that bag. That's a lot of money, but obviously um, well-deserved for the number one pick in all of baseball. But this is a guy who... I mean, his polish is even more impressive considering he's still 20 years old. He hasn't t uh, turned 21 yet, and it's just a monster bat. A lot of, a lot of power. I mean, he hit 54 home runs and 628 trips to the plate at Arizona State. So, there you go. Next order of business is that the Oakland Athletics are trading Jorge Mateo to the Padres. Jorge Mateo. I mean, he's long been known as one of baseball's more promising prospects, and that's largely due to his speed, elite speed, 80-grade speed. But he hasn't debuted in the majors yet. He's been blocked a few times. Uh, you know, Jerickson, Profire, uh, guys like that have been blocking him, um, Marcus Semyon and, what, and whatnot. But, um, you know, he's, he's bounced around a little bit now. He's, he's still 25 years old, but he was a central piece in that trade that sent Sonny Gray from Oakland to, New, to the New York Yankees. Mateo came over from the Yankees organization. And um, he still hasn't had a chance to play in the major leagues with either the Yankees or the A's. He's been on the 40-man roster of both clubs long enough, though, that he's exhausted all his minor league options. So he's going to have to make the Padres opening day roster or else be designated for assignment. So, I mean... He, he really burst onto the scene back in like 2015 and 2016 because he split the 2015 campaign between A-ball and high A at just 20 years old. And he, 
I mean, he had a pretty good slash line, 278 with a 345 on base, but he hit 23 doubles, 11 triples, and listen to this, 82 steals in just 117 games. So that that's that's when he burst on the scene when people realize how how fast this dude was and how much of a weapon he was on the base paths with stealing bases. And we saw him, you know, dip a little bit in 2016. Then 2017, he bounced back with, you know, 267 and 52 steals. But, you know, that was when he got traded. That was when he got traded uh, from, you know, the Yankees to the A's and all that. And, um, yeah, so Jorge Mateo hasn't really been on the major league radar too much since then. I mean, his numbers cratered in 2018. And then last year in AAA, his numbers bounced back a little bit. But when you convert it to weighted runs created plus, I mean, he was in a very hitter-friendly ballpark in Las Vegas in AAA in the Pacific Coast League. His weighted runs created plus ended up being a 96 because he was playing in a very supercharged offensive environment. So this is a guy who who's really fast, but the bat hasn't developed like everyone expected. But I do think that you're going to see at least a little bit of him in the majors this year because the Padres didn't just trade him to designate trade for him to designate him for assignment. So, I mean, you're probably wondering what the A's got in return for this trade. The A's got a player to be named later. So this is basically Oakland just washing their hands of Jorge Mateo, in my opinion. High upside for the Padres, though. High upside for the Padres because obviously they've got Tatis cemented at shortstop, but second base does have some opportunities for the San Diego Padres. So hopefully Jorge Mateo makes it up to the big leagues. In other news, the 2020 minor league season has been canceled. It's just been straight up canceled. Um, I mean, obviously it was already shaping up to be a very rough campaign for the minors. Um, I mean, if they were able to get a season, it was going to be very short. It's already July 1st now, right? I mean, they, they usually only play until September. Um, obviously Major League Baseball has the same the same concerns, but that's that's just a different can of worms because they have the playoffs and everything. But yeah, it's 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 a bummer to the, to those minor league players who are now sitting at home. They have no clear path to playing baseball this year, and some of them, I mean, most of them, obviously didn't even get invited to the MLB summer camp, so they're not really doing anything. At least most MLB teams have been committed to paying um, four hundred dollars a week to the minor leaguers that have been left in limbo. I mean, it's a help, but it's obviously not a solution for players um, that, that I don't know, that, that have already been cut loose, I guess, because there have been a bunch of players who have actually been cut already. So it's just been a really rough year. Um, I mean, obviously, baseball is not the only industry seeing this. You're seeing, um, you know, people struggling with jobs and things like that all over. But, you know, minor league baseball has been hit now. Um, yeah, the season's... The season's canceled. So that, that's that's going to be rough. Jumping back to another top draft pick signing, the Orioles have signed second overall pick Heston Kerstead. He's receiving a $5.2 million bonus, and he went number two overall. So this is, this is obviously, this is quite a bit um, lower than the slot value. You know, the, the slot value was... You know, I think it was like seven, what was it, like seven million or something like that. But the thing is, Heston Kerstead was, yeah, 7.7 7 million was the slot value. So he's going like two and a half million 
lower than slot. But the reason for that is because Heston Kerstad wasn't projected to go anywhere near number two overall. He was he was more likely to go like eight or nine. But the Orioles signed him at two so they could save money and then now use that money to reapply to guys that they took in, in in the following rounds, which is what they're gonna do. But Heston Kerstad is a very good outfielder. This, I, I watched some video of this guy, and this guy can really hit, obviously. But he was the best lefty power hitter in the draft. He has a long track record of production, big time pop, strong arm for right field, and he profiles very well, very well. And he he, he is a guy who definitely has, um, you know, the look of a future major leaguer, absolutely. Solid right fielder. But he absolutely destroyed top-end college pitching. Um, and there were there were no questions about about his bat besides the fact that you know his his swing is a bit complicated it's a it's a bit weird and they wonder how that's going to translate to the next level when pitchers get better but we'll see um, the consensus consensus is that he's going to grow into a very good offensive performer at the major league level so Orioles got their guy Heston Kerstad and um, yeah. There are some people already saying that um, it could be this this cost saving move could come back to bite the Orioles because they they pass on guys like Austin Martin or Asa Lacy, you know Asa Lacy, the, the top left handed pitcher um, who went to the Royals. But I mean, who knows? Who knows really? The Yankees are optimistic that, well, at least Brian Cashman, the GM of the Yankees, says he's optimistic that. Aaron Judge will be ready for opening day. Um, for months, there's been uncertainty surrounding Judge's status, but Cashman said on a conference call yesterday that they're oh, they're optimistic he'll be ready for opening day, and they're also optimistic that John Carlos Stanton will open the year as DH. James Paxton will be ready to go, and then Aaron Hicks could be game ready come opening day as well. The, the Aaron Judge injury thing has been very vague. Um, because, I mean, it took several weeks early in spring training to diagnose the stress fracture in his rib. And then only two weeks later, it was revealed that Judge was also found to have a collapsed lung. And near the end of March, Aaron Boone revealed that Judge's injuries may have dated all the way back to last September. And he played through it, is what they're saying. At least they think so. So, I mean, even throughout this whole shutdown, there have been a lot of vague updates on Aaron Judge. You know, no specific timeline, things like that. But at least they're saying that they believe he's going to be ready for opening day, July 23rd, just three weeks from now. Uh, Stanton, this dude suffered a calf injury back in spring training. And um, Cashman said that he's quite specifically referencing a DH-only role for Stanton, which which indicates that he, he's probably still on the shelf a little bit. But they believe he could at least he could at least play DH. They want to see him in camp before they make any decision about his ability to play the outfield. Paxton, I mean, he's more than four months removed from back surgery, and he could be game ready right now, is what Cashman said. And Hicks, he's eight months out from last year's Tommy John surgery, but Hicks himself said he was ready to go for the season opener. And um, I guess they're going to wait and see and use summer camp to make the Yankees going to use summer camp to make their own evaluation. But the Yankees, I mean, these are every single guy I just mentioned are huge pieces. All four guys are a huge piece of their team. This is why I thought that if we had a normal season this year, the Yankees would struggle because, I mean, how how much can they really just take these hits? How much of these hits can they take? And how much can they afford to lose in terms of production um, 
over and over again. They did this last year. They were the most injured team in the majors last year, yet they still ended up playing well. I just didn't think they would be able to catch lightning in a bottle last year. I mean, sorry, again, this year, if all those guys are hurt. But, you know, they're able to buy a lot of time with the pandemic and get those guys healthy. So it is what it is. So, like I said, a lot of updates for today. Um, I'm going to stop it right there, give you guys some time to digest it. If you enjoy this, please share it with someone who you think would be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.